The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. My name is Nicole Mendoza with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. As you know, Pastor Chris is in the Philippines training up leaders, performing ordinations, and ministering to those hungry for God throughout the various regions she has been scheduled to visit. We've heard a little bit already about the leaders who were attending one of these trainings for the very first time, many of whom reported that they are part of the arts and entertainment, gaming, and business communities. After hearing Pastor Chris speak about the gift of tongues, almost half of the attendees in the training session came forward to be baptized in the Spirit. That is powerful. The lessons about this gift have been emphasized these past few weeks by both Pastor Mike and Pastor Chris to remind us just how incredible the ability we've been given by the Holy Spirit is. When we pray in the Spirit, we're praying mysteries in perfect alignment with God's will. In Romans 8.26, it says that the Holy Spirit himself prays for us. He intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. When we don't know what to pray, when we can't see what's going on, we pray in the Spirit. Because the Father who searches our hearts knows what the Spirit is saying because the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And verse 28 says, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. So we pray for God's perfect will for those nations and his perfect will for the United States of America, for the Philippines, and for each and every nation because we ask God to give us the nations as he said he would to Jesus in Psalm 2.8. So to know that we have leaders in these influential industries in the Philippines now equipped with this powerful gift is amazing news. And we know that greater things are ahead for the body of Christ as a whole. In fact, we've sensed that something has been stirring in the spirit this season, and we can just feel that we're on the brink of something big. God is ready to bring us into the fullness of his promises if we can believe, trust, and obey as the spirit leads. Here in San Antonio, we've been praying in the spirit and in the understanding on almost a daily basis now since the beginning of February. Our evenings have turned into intercessory prayer gatherings for our nation, our government, and different sectors of society. And our Fridays have turned into overnight prayer vigils and training sessions to enter into the supernatural. In fact, our youth stepped up to the occasion, and many of us are actively participating on a consistent basis to lay hands on one another, to pray in the Spirit as the Holy Spirit leads, and generally to dig deeper in our pursuit of God. And you know what? We're seeing things move, sometimes even the very next day, which Pastor Mike reported recently after making a declaration over Ukraine. As James 5.16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We send the word forth in faith and we expect the outcome to change because of it. And things aren't only changing around us, the change is happening within us as well. We've been receiving instructions directly from God, seeing visions, and we've been getting confirmation that we're on the right track with the Holy Spirit. That's the insight we have available to us. 
Prayer has the power to not only change the atmosphere or the circumstances around us through the declaration of God's will, it will at the same time uncover aspects of ourselves that had remained hidden that can only be discovered through Christ. If we look at the story of Joseph, it says in Genesis 37 that he had a dream that hinted at his future destiny. In verse 7, he tells his brothers, We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? None of them knew the answer at the time, but the answer was that Joseph would indeed rule over all of Egypt, and his path to greatness was to go from being a brother, to a slave, to a manager, and then to a prime minister. Not the typical path anyone would expect. That journey became his training ground and his proving ground for integrity. He had to step outside of what was comfortable for him and known to him. And he grew in wisdom and through God, he gained the ability to interpret dreams, which was what led to the manifestation of his own dream. After he interpreted the divine prediction of the seven years of plenty and the seven years of famine, he was appointed to one of the highest positions in the land, second only to the king himself, which gave him the ability to prepare the nation for what was to come and to influence it for the better. In the same way, God is calling us to greatness such as this. There is a purpose for greatness and to be able to have the wealth, influence, and affluence needed to make a great impact in the world. We have to cast aside our own plans and our own expectations to open up ourselves to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that's where the gift of tongues comes in, because it is our key to unlocking doors in the supernatural. The Holy Spirit creates a roadmap for us as we pray in the Spirit and in the understanding. The Holy Spirit will be our teacher, who illuminates these mysteries to us, both in the Word and also in our everyday walk with Him. Pastor Mike and Pastor Chris have asked the Holy Spirit to teach them the lessons of the Bible and to lead them through passages to Revelation. In this way, we learn to become students of the Holy Spirit and to take an interactive approach with the living Word because the Bible, the Word of God, is very much alive. It grows and deepens with us. And we may have read a passage hundreds of times over, but then suddenly, ten years later, something new strikes us. It was always there, but now we have eyes to see and we can see this new added dimension to the word. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. There's actually an interesting concept that I learned in which language can have an effect on our perception of reality. For example, we may view time as linear, the same way we envision a chart or a timeline moving from left to right with a past, present, and future. The Chinese, on the other hand, view time in terms of over and under, and the Greeks view it as large and small. So in these cultures, the future isn't necessarily viewed as distant. It's just an action taken at a different time. Another way to describe this concept is through direction, which many of us think about on a regular basis if you drive around a lot. Here we typically give directions by saying turn left or turn right. In Native American cultures or Australian tribes, Directions are typically given by referencing north, south, east, or west, and with those who grew up with this type of language, their way of speaking has allowed them to develop a greater sense of direction and help them find their way more easily, even if they're in unfamiliar territory. The connection that I'm making here is that when we operate in the gift of tongues and when we engage the Holy Spirit, we open up ourselves to heavenly perspectives because we're speaking in a heavenly language. God exists outside of time and space, and for Him, 
The word says to us in 2 Peter 3, 8, Beloved, do not forget this one thing. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. That's the new perspective we learn to take on with time in regards to the kingdom of God. It's described as seemingly slow for waiting for a promise, but somehow incredibly quick enough to catch us by surprise. This mindset prepares us to focus on remaining proactive with the things of God, like the five wise virgins who kept their oil ready in Matthew 25. Instead of focusing on when the time will come when what we've been waiting for will be fulfilled, we focus on the task at hand, our preparation for it, and the instructions that need to be addressed in that moment. Because, of course, our promise will surely come to pass. But the thing is, when we're in a hurry or if we try to force the issue, somehow that's usually when things get delayed. When you're patient, that's when things get fast-tracked. We have to understand the way time relates to God as it's described in the Word. Yielding to the Spirit allows us to understand the discipleship and forethought required to prepare ourselves for that day when we are called. There is another concept with language and perception that I find incredibly interesting. There was a debate among historians whether ancient peoples were colorblind or whether they could actually see the colors we see but just didn't have a word for it yet. In fact, texts seem to suggest that cultures, regardless of nationality, region, or location, seem to add specific colors to their vocabulary in the same sequence. Black, white, and red, for example, were always within the language, but colors like blue didn't have a word to describe it for some time. It seemed to baffle scholars why in ancient epics like the Odyssey, the sea was described as wine-dark and the sky described as bronze. Even today, the Himba tribe in northern Namibia actually don't have a specific word for blue, though they do have many more words to describe variations of green. So this makes it easier for them to spot the different shades of green, but it takes them a lot longer to pick out the difference between blue and green. This phenomenon suggests that language does indeed affect the way we see color. And if it affects the way we see color, what other sorts of things do we not perceive because we don't have the words in our language for it? And I bring this up because I was sharing this fact to compare it to a vision or a dream I had that the Lord gave me years ago when Pastor Chris first held the overnight prayer sessions. In this dreamlike vision, God showed me a beautiful landscape with hills and trees and rivers, but it was colorless, still beautiful. And the one color that stood out to me was by a tree. And it was so vivid and rich and unlike any deep shade of blue I'd ever seen before. At first, I thought it was special because God had shown me something beautiful, and I believed he was dazzling me with this spectacular shade of blue. And as I was recounting this experience during one of our more recent all-night prayer sessions, I realized in that moment right as I was speaking, which was years after having this experience, that God would be revealing to us new things that we could not see before whether we were blind to it or just had limited perspectives, but he showed me that he is opening up our eyes to new things and new concepts like this beautiful blue. And I believe that through our heavenly language and our prayers in the spirit, our eyes will be open to concepts we could not have known on our own without this prayer language. 
If that's the case with what we can see in the spirit, then perhaps we can have a concept right in front of us, which would ordinarily take us some time to understand. But when we pray, it's given a name that defines it through prayer, and that's when it's brought to life within us. Just thinking about this makes me think how brilliant it was for Jesus to give us these parables of heavenly concepts in ways we could understand so that we could finally see through him what our eyes could not see before. This is similar to what we do for someone when we're trying to explain color in a way that doesn't include sight. We use other things that that person can relate to. We use feelings and temperature and concepts. For example, red is hot, it is love, it is fiery, or blue is calm, it is cool, it is peaceful. And this is what Jesus reveals to us through his parables. He says this of the kingdom of God. It is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. It is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. There is another one we quote a lot. Matthew eleven twelve. The kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing, and the violent take it by force. What this allows me to see is that the kingdom of heaven is not something to take up slowly. It is worthy of our attention and our quick response. And this is what Jesus says of us in Matthew five fourteen to 16 We are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do you see that? We know it, of course. Shine your light bright. Be who God made you to be. That heavenly image, a city built above other cities with the ability to see for miles on the horizon. We illuminate, and we wash out the darkness. We can see through that phrase, the light of the world, that we are being redefined. That's the heavenly definition of who we are, and there's power in declaring who we've been called to be, just as there is when we speak in tongues over ourselves. The Bible is divinely inspired, and if we can get its words and its definitions for us in our mouth, we benefit from that inspiration, which is directly from God. When we speak the Psalms, we speak like one after God's own heart. When we speak the words of the prophets, we speak in that same power. And when we speak the words of Jesus, we speak in his name and his authority. 1 Corinthians 2.10 tells us, For God's Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's Spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. And as we dwell on these spiritual truths, the words given to us by the Spirit become ingrained in our own identity, which is not meant to remain hidden. It's not meant to be a lamp put under a bowl. In the same way, Joseph's dreams had been hidden away with him, but when they were revealed, they became his reality. These words and prophecies that have been spoken over us, we must seek it out and claim it. We've learned that when God gives us revelation or a word, it's not up to us to make it happen. That's his job. Instead, we are responsible to follow the instructions, follow its directions, and keep it close to our hearts. So when we receive revelation, we must ask the Holy Spirit, Where do you want me to go with this? 
The Bible says in Proverbs 26, 2-3 that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, and to search out a matter is the glory of kings. And that's who we've been called to be, kings and priests, which it says in Revelation 1, 6. Pastor Chris had a vision which reminded me of that scripture about the glory of kings to search out a matter. And in this vision, she saw the congregation digging in a dense forest to discover more of God. And this year, actually, God gave her a new revelation concerning that vision. She said that in it, we were digging and the gold was coming up with the dirt, but we weren't interested in the gold. We were set on obtaining the kingdom of God. Others came to distract us because they saw the gold and they wanted it, but we kept on. We wanted more of God. She then saw an object in the dirt, and when she pulled it out, God showed her it was a necklace, but it was only half of it. He revealed this year that the other half had to be sought out, and it was up to us to find it. That dream is prophetic, and it is also a warning. Don't deviate from what God has given you. In the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence, when things start manifesting, that's just half of what there is. So we must not get sidetracked or let ourselves stop there. Keep going and let God be our guide and the most influential decision maker around us. As the scripture says of wisdom in Proverbs 2, if we receive God's words and treasure up his commandments, making our ears attentive to wisdom and inclining our hearts to understanding, if we call out for insight and raise our voice for understanding, if we seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then we will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God, which the Bible says in Proverbs 16:16 16, 16 is better than gold or silver. So now that we have this revelation, where should we go with this? What direction should we take? Pastor Mike also shared a vision he had years ago, which I think is the answer to this. And in this vision, he was in a boardroom with members of the church, and they were pitching business ideas one to another. And through the Holy Spirit, Pastor Mike was getting the business plan for products instantly. At a certain point in the vision, he turns to grab something out of his briefcase, and when he pulled it out, it was a key made out of the gift of tongues. He knew in that moment that tongues was the key to unlocking the manifestations and God's will, purpose, and plan for our lives. So through the gift of tongues, which is the key, we'll find God's purpose and direction to the path he intends to lead us on. Through the gift of tongues, God will give us the right words at the right time, just as he did for Joseph when he opened up the opportunity to interpret dreams. As it says in Matthew 10, 19-20, For it is not us who will be speaking. It will be the Spirit of our Father speaking through us. This is the same thing that Joseph tells the Pharaoh when he sent for Joseph to interpret the dream. In Genesis 41, 15, the Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have heard that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. It is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. And through that, through God's words in our mouth and the ideas they inspire, that is where we'll find ourselves empowered and our lives transformed. I've found that even when I wasn't praying in the Spirit with the intention of receiving something from God, He still gave me something. One of the visions I shared with Pastor Chris was one I saw during a prayer vigil for one of my loved ones who was in the hospital. 
the core team came together with me to pray for a different outcome, and while we were praying, I received this vision. I remember seeing a woman on a large, rounded balcony that looked like a palace or a castle. She had somewhat of a medieval-looking dress with fitted sleeves that belled out towards her hands, and it was made of silk or another fine fabric with this unique and colorful pattern, so I knew this was a royal person. She looked out into the distance and smiled because she knew something she had sent out would return soon, and she touched a pendant around her neck that I knew represented the word or a promise. At that time, I thought this was reassurance that the prayers we had sent out would return soon, and my loved one would be okay. And she was. She was more than okay, so it was reassurance. And now that we are in this supernatural season and this time of open vision, I'm reminded of this vision again, and I know that it applies to the body of Christ, who is this royal woman. She has sent out her word, and they will surely accomplish what they have been set out to accomplish, because she wears the promises of God on her heart. That revelation has progressed, and it has grown with me as I've grown in understanding. So I know that as the body of Christ, we are to pray with earnest expectation that we will see our returns. As I've said before, there is such great power in the gift we've been given through our prayer language in the Holy Spirit. Comparing what we're getting now to when we first started these all-night prayer sessions years ago, it was a little bit of a process that took us some getting used to in order to stop our minds from racing. It took some discipline and some training, but going through that process stirred up a hunger for God within us and a greater love for Jesus Christ. We could then pray and worship for hours, we would seek God in prayer until we began to recognize his voice and hear his instructions. He gave us visions and dreams and gave us hope for the future. And I can say for certain that something was unlocked in us simply by praying in tongues with expectation. In those days, I would say it took us hours to focus and receive something from the Spirit. But during these more recent sessions, we've started getting revelation within the hour, within 15 or 20 minutes even. And that was for everyone within the group, even those who were joining us in these all-night vigils for the very first time. God really accelerated the process for them, and they were receiving confirmation from Him and seeing visions from Him as well. Our next teaching point for them is to pursue the interpretation of these visions so that it's more than just an encouragement to them that they're receiving something from God. But it is something that can truly edify the church in the same way that Pastor Chris's and Pastor Mike's visions do because they have something we can follow. There's instructions and a point of action we can take because we can't stop at just talking about what we can do. We have to step into it and take it into action. As it says in 1 Corinthians 4.20, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. So I am excited because seeking the Lord in this way has changed the way we pray, the way we minister, and the way we spend our time with Him. I truly believe that there are pockets of us throughout the U.S. and throughout the globe who are getting the same revelations from Christ through the pursuit of Him in this fervent manner. To me, Christ's culture looks completely changed from the church I'd known five years ago, ten years ago. It is a church that is finding her power and walking in her identity with Christ. When I look out across the body and hear the messages others are bringing to the pulpit, when I hear the new music and praise and worship erupting from the church, and when I hear the testimonies and supernatural experiences others are sharing, I can't help but be moved. What's more is that there is something suspended there in the supernatural. 
this great sense that we are being positioned for such a time as this. And if we can just stretch out our faith and take hold of it, we're bound to bring heaven down to this earth, and we're bound to lay hold of crowns we can cast at the feet of Jesus. That's what we pray for as we dig deep in prayer through the Holy Spirit, and that is what we're reaching for as a united body. So let us dare to do whatever it takes to obtain the kingdom of God. As we've been declaring, Doors of opportunity are open before us right now, and the body of Christ is poised to leap into the supernatural in 2022. If you haven't yet received the gift of tongues and would like to, let me pray for you right now. Father God, I thank you that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire is upon those listening right now. I thank you that tongues of fire would rest upon them as it did for those in the upper room. I pray that you open up their eyes to see your wonders, that you're opening up their ears to hear your voice. I pray for direction and discernment to be upon them, and I pray that you're opening up their mouths to receive and to speak as the Holy Spirit gives them utterance. I pray for power and your wonders to be upon them, and I pray for the miraculous to be upon them as well. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you received that, thank the Holy Spirit for your spiritual language and ask him to teach you. And whenever you receive anything, test the Spirit with 1 John 4, 1-3 as well. I'm so excited for what God is about to pour out through the body of Christ, and I pray that you will find a bolder, more powerful voice within you through your heavenly language. Let us run this race to gain the prize of the upward call of God. God bless you for tuning in. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I dot org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this podcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023.